Hi, thanks for joining us today. So glad that you tuned in. Listen, today I want to speak about something that I would consider an old truth. What do I mean by that? We've all probably heard it one time or another taught in our church or something that we're doing in a Bible study. But you know, the thing about old truths, those truths that we think that we know, sometimes it's good to stop and ask ourselves, are we still living in the good of that truth? You know, the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, says, let the man who says he knows, let him know that he doesn't know as he should. It's true, isn't it? Sometimes we can say, I know this about God. I know this about kingdom ways and kingdom life. But when we stop for a moment, we suddenly realize that our lives have drifted from living in the good of that which we say that we know. What I want to talk about today, I want to talk about watching our mouths. Now, mouths are very, very powerful things. And the tongue within our mouth, according to the book of James, is something that sometimes people have a trouble bridling or keeping in control. But the reality is that there's an old truth within Christianity that teaches us about the power of the words that we speak or the activity of our mouths. What we're speaking over our lives, what we're speaking over situations we may be facing, and also what we're speaking over the lives of other people. We need to be careful that the words that we're speaking are words that are true, words that are healthy, words that build things up and not tear things down. Now, there's also another way of looking at that, and we could call it our confession. Now, we know the book of Hebrews says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession, or the word that we speak. We need to make sure that what we're speaking over our lives, speaking over the lives of others, declaring to be true in our world, is actually based on truth and not just based on feelings or things that we've experienced or even moments that we're going through. Now, when we speak about our confession, what I'm talking about is making sure that the words that we speak and the confessions that we're making are in alignment with God's truth. Now, we've spoken before about deficit, but sometimes we can all look at our lives and say, the things that God has spoken about what I should experience can be different sometimes to the things that I'm currently experiencing. There's a deficit between what God says is available and what I'm currently knowing. In those moments, we've got to be careful that there's not a deficit in the things that we say we believe or we claim to believe and the things that are coming out of our mouths on a daily basis, the words we speak, the confessions that we make. So we need to be always making sure that the words that are coming from our mouth are words that are based on God's words, words that are based on God's promises, and words that are, got, are based on God's opinions. But what we're speaking is in agreement with what we say or we claim to believe. And in doing so, we remove any deficit. Because we're going to look in a few moments, there's a powerful synergy between what we believe in our hearts and the words that we speak from our mouths. Now, why is this important? Number one, words are creative. We need to understand that words really are like seeds, and the mouth itself is like a seed dispenser. 
When we speak words, we sow seeds into our life, into situations we're going through, and even into the lives of others. So let's be careful and aware what seeds we're sowing with the words we choose to speak. Now, words are creative. Remember, the Bible teaches us that God made us in his image and also in his likeness. Now, there's only one God, but we've been made in the image and the likeness of God and redeemed to his likeness through the perfect finished work of the cross. So when we see God in the book of Genesis speaking, we see that his words have creative power to them. Now you open up in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 and you see God speaking and when he spoke the word went forth and had creative ability and power to perform that which he had spoken from the intent within his heart. Now, when you go through those opening books of Genesis, you see him making universes, you see him speaking things into existence, things that weren't there were suddenly there because he'd spoken them into being. Now, I want to put to you today that we've been made in the image of God and we also have been made in the likeness of God. But just as when God speaks, his words have creative power and ability so it is when we speak. But sometimes because we don't realize this, we allow ourselves to speak negative rubbish, um, things that are not true, things that are based on our feelings and not based upon his word. And we don't understand that the words we speak are creative and they cause things to come into being. Now, if you don't believe that, look at what happened in the schoolyard. Remember, there used to be that expression, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It wasn't true, was it? Certain bullying and words that were spoken in playgrounds have stayed with people into their adult life. Sometimes they even need to go to counselling because of words and things that were spoken over them. They may not have been physically punched, but words created things in the way that they viewed their life. Other people experienced this, sadly, with bad parenting. When parents continually spoke things over children's lives, not really knowing or caring, sadly, what they were doing. Later on in life, you see that child living with a low self-esteem because somebody spoke over them words that they were nothing or their life would achieve nothing. We need to understand that God's words are powerful and creative, but also our words are powerful and creative also. So we need to watch our mouth. We need to be able to master our mouth. Be careful. Be guardians of the things that we speak and cause other things to then come in to existence. Now, Proverbs 18, 21 also teaches us that life and death are in the power of the tongue and a person reaps or eats the fruit of the things that they speak. Come on, the writer of Proverbs knew this to be true. He said the power to give life, to cause death, is in the tongue, the power of the tongue. But what a person speaks, they're going to reap 
the fruit of. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to be reaping the fruit of death. I don't want to be reaping the fruit of destruction. I don't want to be reaping the fruit of, of negative things, which means I need to be careful to be watching my mouth that I'm not speaking the seeds that produce those things. Rather, I'm speaking words that are based and in agreement with what God says. I'm speaking words based on his promises. I'm speaking words words based on um, kingdom life and the things that he says is true. Here's another great truth. A person lives under the words that they speak. Now stop and think about that for a moment because it really is true. When a person's continually speaking words, whether life or death, positive or negative, words that pull down or words that build up, that person then lives under the words or the power of the words that they've been speaking because the words they've spoken have creative ability in them. Now, when you think this way, it makes you suddenly stop and check, yeah, what words am I living under? I claim to believe this, but when I stop and I listen to myself, the words that I'm speaking are actually different. They're words that are not agreeing with what God is saying. I don't want to live under those words. I want my life to be living under the words that God has originated, God's opinions of me, what God says is going to happen in this situation I may be facing. Now, another very real and powerful truth is simply this. There's a very real relationship between the heart of a person and the mouth of a person. Now, we're taught in Scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, that it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Now, think about that for a moment. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in the heart will be found on the lips or the tongue of a person. It's a little bit like comparing a toilet bowl to a toilet cistern. But whatever is in the cistern, whenever the toilet is flushed, will be found in the bowl. Whether that's blue water, red water, pink water, whatever is in the cistern will always be found in the bowl when a moment of flushing occurs. Isn't that true with us? That when a moment of flushing occurs, when we find ourselves in a situation where we may be confused, where we may be worried, where we may be taken off guard, it's what's in our heart, it's the abundance of what's in our heart of the things that we believe that are then heard coming out of our mouths and our tongue. So when we understand these things, we begin to realize the very real relationship between what's in a person's heart and what they're speaking. Now, a perfect example of this would be salvation itself. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, we're told that a person is to declare with their mouth and believe in their heart and if they declare with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, the equals is they will 
be saved. Isn't that simple? That salvation itself, a person moving from death to life, from an eternity separated from God to an eternity with God, is based on a person believing in their heart, in the system of their life, but also then confessing or speaking what they believe with their mouth. This equals salvation in their life. Now, if that's the route a person takes to gain a salvation that's about where you spend eternity, how many other things does that combination punch or synergy between heart belief and mouth confession, how many other things in our daily life are affected or could be affected by having this in a correct order? Now, like I said, sometimes we need to watch our mouths. Did you ever hear a parent say that to a child? You better watch your mouth, young man. When a young child begins to get a little bit rebellious, a little bit cheeky, often a parent will turn to that child and say, oh, you better watch your mouth. Now, what is the parent saying to the child? You need to be careful about the words that you're letting out of your mouth at this moment in time. Why? Because there'll be a consequence to the words you're speaking. Sometimes I believe that God may speak to us as a father when he hears us speaking negative words that don't align with his truth, negative words that are opposite to the things that he's promised us. Maybe sometimes the heavenly father speaks to us and says, oh, you need to watch your mouth, young man. You need to watch your mouth, young lady. Be careful of the words that you're allowing to come out of your mouth in this moment of confusion. Also, you may have heard the expression that parents used on children, I'm going to wash your mouth out in a moment. Again, what is that relating to? Words being spoken by a child that aren't right or fitting. Sometimes a parent will say to a child, oh, you better go wash your mouth out. Now, back in the old days, parents actually used to get a bar of soap and wash the mouths of their children. It's true. Now, maybe you don't even have to study history. Maybe you experienced that. But sometimes parents would say to their children and then follow through with an accompanying action, you better wash your mouth out. Sometimes I believe that God won't force a bar of soap into our mouth but he says to us also, hey, wash your mouth out. Watch your words. Wash your mouth out. And by that, he means get the old words, the defeatist words, the negative words, the wrong words that are coming out of your mouth like seeds coming into soil. Get some control over those words. Wash your mouth out. Replace words coming from your soul, from words that come from your spirit. Replace words that are based in fears concerning moments that are happening with words of faith based on the promises of God. What God promised you will experience in this moment. It's about replacing the words of our confession. And I believe for us all, we sometimes need to stop and listen again to the things that we're saying. We can claim to believe this, 
But are the daily words that we're speaking empowering and aligning with the things we say are our heart belief? You know, sometimes you can hear people go, yeah, I believe that God's my healer. And the very next moment you hear them say things like this. Oh, there's a cold going around. I bet I get it. That's an example. That's not my confession. Or they say, oh, oh, there's a lot of sickness going around. Yeah, I bet I get it. But wait a moment. You said in your heart that you believe that Jesus Christ will heal you, that will keep you. He's your healer, that they'll fall to the left, they'll fall to the right. It won't come nigh your dwelling. Why are you allowing words that disagree with what you say you believe in your heart to be released from the seed dispenser of your mouth? Because seeds are creative. We need to make sure, especially in these unprecedented times that we're living. But we're taking a moment to monitor and listen to the words that are coming out of our hearts. And if they're words of unbelief, let's check that there's not unbelief in the system of our heart. Let's make sure that we're in a moment and a position of right believing regarding the promises and the words of God over our life. And then make sure that the things that we're speaking bear witness or align with what God says not what we feel. Now, I really believe that the faith walk that we're called to, that we now walk by faith and not by sight, the faith walk that we're called to really begins in the mouth of a person. The words that we choose to speak, the words that we choose to use in any given situation. Do we use words that pull down? Do we use words that take us in the direction of failure or destruction? Or do we choose to say, it's not about how I feel. It's not about what I'm currently experiencing. It's about what God has spoken over my life regarding this moment or this thing that I'm facing. When I was considering these things, I was reminded of an old American Pentecostal type saying that when I used to hear it, it actually used to irritate me a little bit because it sounded tacky and cheesy. But all of a sudden, I find myself repenting and using the statement myself now, because even though it may have been a little bit cheesy when I heard other people use it, it contains such powerful truth regarding monitoring and watching over the confession of my mouth and the words I speak. Maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. <clears throat> but often preachers would get up and they'd say this. They'd get their Bible and they say, this is the word of God. But then they would say this, I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. A very simple confession, one that I didn't understand the power of for many years, but I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is reminding me of the truth of making this statement in our daily worlds. Because the alternative would be, this is the word of God. It said certain things about me, but I actually think I'm this. It says that I can do all things, but actually 
I don't believe that. I think I can only do a few things. It says that I have enough and an abundance for everything I need for the life God's given me. But actually, my life is in lack. I'm wanting. Things aren't going according to plan. You see, there's an alternative. And the alternative is to take the route of experience and fear and not faith. I want to encourage you today, even as I encourage my heart today, let's watch over the words that we're speaking. Let's make sure that there's faith in our heart, faith in our inner man, that the system of our life is filled with believing God and believing every promise he has given he will fulfill. But then let's be found making this simple statement. Everything you say, I am, Lord, I am. You say I'm righteous, so righteous I am. You say you've made me holy, so I have been made holy. You say that my life is now blameless because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. My life is now blameless. It's not about how I feel. It's about what God has declared he's done in positioning me. Let's think of the other one. Everything you say I can do, I can do. The Bible says I can now do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But sometimes, again, if we don't watch the words we say, we can hear rubbish coming out from our lips. Well, I can't do that. I wasn't born with those talents. Oh, only other people are good at that. I'm not good at that. Stop. Watch the words you're speaking. Wash out your mouth. Replace those negative words of failing with words that come from God's opinion. You can now do all things and everything through Christ who is your strength. And then finally, the other statement. Everything the word says, I have. I have. The word says that we have grace for everything that we're facing. That the grace of God is enough for us as it was for the Apostle Paul. So let me encourage you today. Let's be mastering the mouth. Let's be watching the words that are coming out of our mouths. Let's begin to begin to harness the tongue and stop it from speaking words that take us in directions we really don't want to go. You see, the words that we speak need to be based on the truth of what God has said is true. Not on our feelings. Oh, it's so easy, isn't it? When you're feeling low or you're feeling um, down, to let the words that come out of your mouth be in alignment with those momentary feelings that will come to pass. When actually we need to, in those moments, not speak words that come or originate from our feelings, but from our faith in what God has declared is true. We shouldn't speak words that are based in our fears, but words that are based in what God is doing behind the scene according to his promises. You see, when you begin to speak words of faith that are based in God's truth, then all of a sudden faith will begin to arise in your life. Romans 10 verse 17 simply says that faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Oh, does that mean that I need to turn on a podcast? Does that mean I need to listen to another preacher? Well, that certainly won't harm you, but also it means that you're listening to the words that are coming out of your own mouth. The confession of your mouth is either um, releasing words of fear, death and destruction, or life building and faith. I want to encourage you that there may be good preachers in your life. Maybe I'm one of them. And you love to listen to people preach the word and, and receive the faith that's released when you hear those words spoken. But the reality is, for us all, the greatest preacher in our lives is us. Because it's the words that we're speaking over our lives, over situations we may be facing, and over the lives of other people that are the most powerful words in our lives. Because you can hear words spoken by another person, and you can agree or disagree, but it's the words that you're speaking constantly. Take a moment this week to stop and listen to some of the words that you're speaking some of the confessions that you're making. And if you suddenly discover that the words that you're speaking, the seeds that you're releasing, aren't taking you anywhere you want to go or agreeing with what God has said about that situation, make that brave decision to change the word you're going to speak. Maybe zip your lip. Even when you feel words that are negative, and don't agree with God, rising to be spoken, be the guardian of your mouth and say, no, I'm going to be found speaking what God says is true about me, about the situation I'm in, and about the lives of others. Let, you, let me remind you of that incredible statement. What the word says I am, I am. What the word says I can do, I can do. And what the word says I have, I have. Let every other feeling, experience or momentary thing bow its knee to that was unshakable. You see, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will endure forever. If the word of God is that which will endure forever, let's make sure that the word of God is in our hearts, the cistern of our life, but also on our lips. That any given moment when we're making an opinion or a statement regarding who we are, our future, and also the future and lives of others, let's speak words of life. Let's speak words that build up. Let's speak words of hope. Let's let the word of God dwell in us richly, but also be the sound that comes from our life every time we speak. Words are powerful. They're creative. Words are like seeds. When we speak, we sow things into the soil of life. And don't kid yourselves for a moment. They will grow. So let's be good farmers 
and be selective concerning the seeds that we're sowing, the words that we're speaking. Let's learn to wash our mouths out when there's nothing that agrees with God in it. Let's fill our hearts with God's word and let our mouths be places and outflows that release it over our lives, but also over the lives of others. I hope that's encouraged you today. God bless.